the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. We are live. I believe we have a pulse. It's a beautiful day here in western Pennsylvania. And thanks for coming along for the Monday edition. Kath, good to see you. Nice weekend for you? Yes, very nice weekend. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it so much. Busy or uh, relaxing? Yes. I know. Well, it was very busy. It was not relaxing at all, which is the one thing I missed from it. Right. Because I could use a little relaxation. But, uh, yeah, uh, my daughter has just arrived in Singapore. Holy smokes. Which is far away. And uh, so I took Saturday kind of getting her ready for such a big trip. And it's I'm telling I talking to her on the phone. I just thought to myself for anybody who is privileged enough. And I mean that word privileged enough to be able to travel. There's nothing like it. No, it's the best. It will change. It changes your perspective. Mm-hmm. It changes your thoughts. It changes your own. It's so if you're able, it's so good to be able to travel. So she's in Indonesia. No, Singapore. Singapore. Yep. Singapore for a week and then Japan for another week. School trip. Yep. Quick trip. Quick trip. I mean, for a long distance. What's the What's the route like? Planner. Pittsburgh to no Pittsburgh to Toronto mm. in a bus. Oh, then uh, Toronto to Tokyo, uh, which is fourteen hours. Fourteen then, straight hours. Yeah, in and, an airplane. Yep, and then Tokyo to Singapore, which is eight. <laughs> which, Did, believe me, after you do oh, yeah. the fourteen, eight, eight hours, eight seems like nothing. Right. Plus, so, you know this from traveling. What's in front of you as far as entertainment? I mean, all the different movies yep. and pot. Yep. You can entertain yourself. You can. You, it's totally doable. It seems very daunting. And it is. It's a, it's it's a, a big trip. It's an awful It is lot. a big trip. But it is doable. Mm-hmm. It is doable. And it's certainly worth it to get over to that other part of the For globe. Sure. Yep. It's such an exotic, beautiful mm-hmm. part of the planet. But that trip. Okay, Man, so it's a rough trip. Flying for 14 hours, that's NyQuil territory. No way. What? Absolutely. In your world, it's NyQuil territory. You know, I no, I cannot take stuff to make me what? sleep. Be- and if you I'm talk. I'm knocking myself no way. out. No I'm done. Wait, you know how many flight attendant stories there are of people who took Ambien and turned into crazy people on flights? I'm taking some NyQuil and okay. I'm going to bed. All right. I'll see you in I 10 bet, hours. I bet any flight attendant listening to this is no, saying, I don't think do so. not take any sleep aid I on th- an airplane because mm. people get crazy town well i've not gotten crazy town i just i just know that it's you know of. makes <laughs> that i know of. do you normally take nyquil when you go on a plane if i'm going to go for a long long when you went to senegal yes, yes. you took nyquil uh-huh i went to bolivia i took okay NyQuil. listen if i i don't take nyquil if i have to get up and go to if i have to do anything I'm i just don't take a metal NyQuil. tube Thirty thousand feet in the air, like I'm going somewhere. Someone here's here's my biggest decision: Would you like peanuts or pretzels? That's about it. Mm-hmm. Not much is required from me. I just got to sit there. I'm doing that. No, I'm chewing those hours up. 
Yeah, and then I the rest can't of do time, that. I can't do that. I'm going to walk around a little bit. I'm going to watch some movies. The walking around a little bit is essential. Yeah, of course. You have to. Oh, like, my. You have blood clots. It's, yeah, you it's, it's really important. Anyway, so that's what I very did nice. over the weekend, John. Your yeah. weekend, enjoyable? My weekend was very enjoyable. We had friends over. Yeah. At a little backyard party, which yeah. is excellent. Yeah. Um, went a little church activity. That was really good as well. Great. And uh, then we went home on Sunday and just kind of hung out. Okay. Very nice. Sounds like a great Excellent. weekend. Yeah, the paper showed up. It uh, was really good. Okay. Pirates uh, did not get swept, but they lost the series to uh, the Diamondbacks, which was really disappointing because they could have taken that Mitch. What, uh, it was why a, it was a game stolen from him. That they he, they should have left him in. They should have left him in. I yes, bet he regrets sure. that now. Shelton oh, has sure to regret does. that now. Because everybody in Pittsburgh is yeah, pointing I mean, the finger at him. Yeah, I mean, that was just really, really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yesterday was just a complete... Like I watched that inning. Did you? Yeah. No, you didn't. Yeah, it was tied 3-3. I'm like, okay, we can still win this. And then all of a sudden, the bottom fell out. And it was like bad news bears. Of course it was. Horrible. Just horrible. Three errors Mm -hmm. and five wild pitches or something? That's the only inning I watched. I came in. We we were busy. I turned it on TV set. I was like, oh. (laughs) Shut it off. Went back outside. It was like hitting yourself in the head with a hammer and then going outside. Coming up on today's program, mm-hmm. in the 5 o'clock hour, uh, does God exist? We'll talk about what the percentage of Americans who say, yes, he does, is currently. Also, in the 5 o'clock hour, we'll talk about our friend Tim Keller with John Stark, pastor of Apostles Church in Uptown Manhattan. We'll talk about the uh, response of the city to the death of Tim Keller. Uh, this day in history, Johnny Carson ends his 30-year career as host of The Tonight Show. 30 years. 30 so, years. I think I think I read it was like some 5,000 shows. That's a lot 62 of shows. 62 to 90. That is so many shows. 5,000. He started in New York City, and of course, he ended Cow. in L.A. Um, and then coming up this hour, we'll talk about Esther and the value of putting ourselves in the position of someone who lived back then. Mm. Not putting Esther in our shoes, kind of putting ourselves in her shoes. Yes. Um, and I got some news for you, John. All right. So then uh, let's take a look at the news at the top of the show. Uh, Kath, without further ado, the top four at four. For Monday, May 22nd, 2023, number one. Paul Whelan, U.S. citizen wrongfully detained in Russia, says he's worried he could be left behind again, but still confident the wheels are turning toward his release. According to CBS News, he said, quote, I remain positive and confident on a daily basis that the wheels are turning. I just wish they would turn a little bit more quickly. The CBS News story quotes CNN in a phone interview that they had with him on Sunday. Whelan imprisoned in Mordovia, serving a 16-year sentence on espionage espionage charges which the u.s denies detained in russia since december of 2018 and of course he's had the privilege of sitting there and watching the u.s make two prisoner swaps that don't include him also now wall street journal reporter evan gershkovich is uh behind bars and so paul whelan says that he's concerned that maybe you know all the focus is going to be on gershkovich and people are going to forget about him against the press however he said quote i've been told i won't be left behind and I have been told that although Evan's case is a priority, mine is also. And people are cognizant of the fact that this is having an extremely negative impact on me and my family. Oh, that's an understatement, oh, right? Give me the horror oh, of being imprisoned gosh. in Russia. Number There's two. No one in sight. 
Republican Nebraska Governor Jim Pillen signed a bill today that bans abortion at 12 weeks of pregnancy and restricts gender-affirming medical care for people younger than 19. The abortion ban takes effect immediately and includes an exception for rape, incest, and to save the life of a mother. The law will also prevent transgender people under 19 from receiving any gender confinement surgery. It also restricts the use of hormone treatments and puberty blockers in minors. It's about, quote, protecting our kids and saving babies, Pillin said, pure and simple. That's from CBS News. Number three, marijuana use among U.S. workers reached historic highs in 2022, according to study findings released last week by Quest Diagnostics, which analyzed over six million general workforce tests in 2022, determining that about four and a half percent were positive for cannabis, which is up since 2021. It's the highest number of marijuana positive test results ever recorded by Quest, which began analyzing back in 1988. Also, they found that about seven and a half percent of workers who had suffered a workplace injury also tested positive for marijuana. The historic rise, they said, seems to suggest that changing societal attitudes about marijuana may be impacting workplace behaviors. According to Quest, the industries that saw the greatest increase increase in their positivity rates over the past five years are hospitality and food, retail, and finance insurance. Really? Yep. And though marijuana, John, uh, the top drug that was discovered in their tests, amphetamines also significantly up from 2021. It's from today's New York Post. And number four, get ready to swat and stamp because the spotted lanternfly is back. It has spread throughout the state since its discovery back in 2014. Um, There have been a few reports in the southeast corner of Pennsylvania, but as of Wednesday, there's been only one, but there is one confirmed report of hatching in Allegheny County. That is your top four at four. Okay. Have you seen any? Uh, I have not. Neither have I. But Last year I did. Sure did. Oh, I did too. This was really surprising to me. Maybe not surprising, but the numbers were shocking. If containment fails, spotted lanternflies, spotted lanternflies could drain Pennsylvania's economy of at least $324 million annually. What? what? And caused the loss of about 2,800 jobs. Why? How? Because they threatened the state's grape tree fruit hardwood and nursery industry Whoa. yep so you hardwood. should you should scrape the egg masses if you see them you should stomp on adult pests when you see them deep, deep, deep. if you kill one spotter spotted lanternfly you can prevent 30 to 60 insects from hatching next year okay all right we're on a spotted lanternfly mm, it's gotta alert. start now holy smokes. and you have to you have to you can't sneak up on them from behind you Locked. can only go they straight have, on. They can't they have eyes in the back of their head. But I don't know, but they can't see you when you go straight on. Really? Yeah. All right. I learned that last year. It's very complex, but I'm happy to do my duty. Good. Right? Stomp. Stomp. Swat. Do what you have to do. We go to the White House next. Greg Clugson joins us. Stay with us. 101.5 WORD. There are three ways of dealing with the Bible, especially when you come to a passage that you don't quite agree with or understand. The first tactic is to pick and choose what you want to believe. The second is to remain ignorant of what the Bible has to say at all. The third is to dig into the Word and try to understand all of it, whether or not you like what it has to say. 
Well, if you fall into that last category or would like to, please join us this week on Through the Bible Radio. This evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? Hi, it's me, Marsha, from the Springhouse. You have a special event coming up in your life, a shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all-natural, farm-fresh foods, then it's time to give the Springhouse Catering Department a call at 724-228-3339. From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm fresh catering from the Springhouse. We all hear the radio ads about the IRS. They tell you to be afraid, to be scared, and they try to frighten you into calling. I'm not here to do that. Tax Relief Advocates is different. TRA is here to tell you that if you owe money to the IRS, whether it's 5000 50000 or 500000 we have a solution. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in your car, at work, or with your kids. No matter where you are, call now. 800-575-6745. Don't lose hope. TRA can eliminate or reduce what you owe to the IRS. There is zero risk to you. If we can't reduce your tax debt, then you pay nothing. Our passion is taxes and helping individuals fix their IRS problems. We have a five-star rating on Google and Yelp and an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. You don't need to be afraid of the IRS any longer. End your tax nightmare today by visiting us online at tra.com or call 800-575-6745. That's 800-575-6745. Tax Relief Advocates, real solutions for real people. More than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio for their news, traffic, weather, sports, and a community connection. It's the backbone of the emergency alert system, keeping us safe in dangerous times. It's critical that we keep AM radio in cars because when cell and Internet services are down, this free emergency service could be your only lifeline. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM radio in cars. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. We go now to the White House where Greg Clugston joins us. Greg Clugston is the SRN News White House correspondent. Hey, Greg, how are things? Happy Monday to you. Thank you. Good afternoon, John and Kathy. Always great to talk with you. Our pleasure, Greg. Greg, we're getting closer to knowing who's actually going to run for president. Um, tell us the latest entrants and perhaps ones that we can expect who aren't announcing anywhere, at least in the next couple of days. Yeah, I know. Uh, you know, Kathy, last week we talked about some names that are out there that maybe aren't as much household names or people that we weren't expecting to run that may be considering to run. Well, we had one announced today that was not a surprise. We knew this was coming. And it's Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina. He is a conservative Republican, and he is he's banking on his optimism, his message of compassion and optimism. And it's interesting because he's from um, South Carolina. He's very popular there. He is uh, he's the lone black Republican in the U.S. Senate. Wow. Um, and he was at his alma mater, a Baptist college there in North Charleston, his hometown earlier today. 
And one thing that was interesting is he was mentioning his Christian faith repeatedly during that kickoff speech. But at one point he said, look, the Republican Party and the nation at large, but he was specifically talking about Republicans, saying it's a time for the GOP to choose between victimhood or victory, grievance or greatness. And it was interesting because he did not mention Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or any of the other GOP rivals by name. But that idea of choosing victory over victimhood or greatness over grievance speaks to a different kind of political approach and campaign that we can expect from from Tim Scott. So it'll be interesting to see um, how he how he fits into this larger field. And it is getting larger. And I mentioned DeSantis a moment ago. We are expecting possibly this week, although no specifics yet, but possibly this week, the Florida governor will officially launch his campaign as well. Fascinating. So, uh, Greg, to be honest, we know very little about Tim Scott. How long has he been in the Senate? Um, you know, I don't have his exact number uh, of years in front of me. It seems like he's in his second term right okay, now. Good. Thank you. And 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 he has been um, he's been. You're right in saying he did, his national profile is probably not what it uh, what others um, is. Uh, you know, in terms of uh, national name recognition, he certainly has been um, a popular and a. Um, a regular speaker at a lot of the uh, kind of the faith and family conferences and values voters events that some of the national uh, religious and, and political grassroots organizations hold here in Washington and other cities around the country. So he he's been a staple on those uh, speaker lineups uh, for a number of years. And um, he is also one. He's 57 years old. Um, and he uh, he's very popular in South Carolina, John, which is interesting because for a couple of reasons. One is that South Carolina is an early voting state in the presidential primary season. Mm. And so uh, there's thinking on his campaign that that's going to give him some early, potentially early momentum in the whole primary calendar of South Carolina's early. And he's popular from South Carolina. But there's also somebody else uh, in the White House race right now from South Carolina. That's Nikki Haley, the former governor, who also uh, is still pretty popular in that state. So two South Carolinians in the GOP field right now. Hmm. All right. That's interesting. Um, You said that Tim Scott mentioned his uh, religious faith several times. Um, I would assume that that's going to play well in a state like South Carolina. I think so. Um, and possibly Iowa as well. Uh, his his uh, he's been long, he, he called it a faith in America listening to her. Um, so sort of a play on words there. You know, somebody who believes that uh, he does have faith in America and he wants to inspire others to continue to hold that belief. But his his Christian uh, beliefs are very foundational to uh, his approach to politics. He has never shied away from uh, from sharing his uh, his faith story. But also his growing up story is one where, you know, he was raised by a single mom. Uh, really essentially was raised in poverty and now is, um, is is a member of the United States Senate and launching a campaign for the White House. And he has been uh, he's been vocal about uh, denouncing claims that, you know, there's a, a very strong uh, sense of racism in America that has uh, earned him some controversy in some circles, as you might guess. Mm-hmm. But he says that uh, his life story is an example of what can happen in America and continues to happen. And that's what's fueling his optimism. Fabulous. Well, good. I mean, optimism, we certainly could use more of that in Washington, D.C. So welcome to the race, Senator Scott. <laughs> Let's uh, move forward and talk about uh, the lack of optimism, Greg, in the um, the uh, 
debt limit talks. I mean, it's still yeah. a mess, and the deadline is looming, isn't it? It is looming. June 1st, we're about 10 days away from that deadline that the Treasury Secretary has said is a hard deadline. Essentially, that means that come June 1, the government um, has run out of its borrowing authority to pay bills that are already racked up and that there are going to be certain bills that are due, for example, sending out Social Security checks or Medicare payments, uh, paying federal employees, uh, veterans benefits. In the first few days of June, there are going to be a number of these deadlines that are going to be starting to stack up. And if the government formally, officially doesn't have the money uh, to, to to pay those obligations, uh, then we're looking at a real potential problem. And that's what everybody is trying to avert by by these talks. What's interesting is that you had the president um, out of the country over the last few days. He uh, returned here to Washington late last night cutting short his foreign trip. He attended the G7 summit in Japan, was scheduled to go on to two other countries, but came back last night so that he could continue these discussions with the House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. And they're going to be meeting uh, in the Oval Office about an hour from now. And that's going to be the latest uh, face-to-face talks between, you know, between these two leaders. Uh, other negotiators from McCarthy's staff on, on Capitol Hill and Biden's designated negotiators from the White House, they were meeting for two or three hours last night. They met again for three hours this morning here in Washington. And now they're hopefully going to put something on a table that uh, the two leaders, the House Speaker and the President, can start to really iron out. But, uh, you know, based on how these things have gone so far and how they've gone in the past, John and Kathy, nobody's expecting any super big breakthrough tonight, although that would be welcome. Mm. Greg Clugston with us, SRN News White House correspondent. Um, Greg, speaking of the president's trip, since he cut short uh, a portion of it, John and I were reading an article today which detailed uh, the travel fees that are being assessed to journalists who were supposed to be traveling on that leg of the trip. Um, What do you know about that? I know you've traveled with the president before. Um, What's a circumstance like that like? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's not usually good for the news organizations uh, is the bottom line. And that's and that's what a lot of people don't really understand, Kathy, is that um, anytime reporters are traveling on, for example, Air Force One uh, with the uh, with the presidential you know delegation of, of other travelers, uh, those news organizations represented by those reporters that are on the plane, they are paying for the transportation. Hmm. And so whether it's a day trip. Um, you know, to Pittsburgh and back uh, from Washington, D.C., or it's a trip around the world to go to a G7 summit in Tokyo. Um, those those bills are charged to um, news organizations. Now, um, the White House has a travel office that makes all these arrangements and works with the uh, not only the administration, but also the news agencies. And sometimes um, there are cancellations like this. And um, there sometimes is, is not a lot of, of recourse for that. Um, part of that is because you have advanced members of of the press team and also the Secret Service go in advance of these trips. Um, and so there are already built-in costs even before the trip begins. And those are shared costs from the news organization. So uh, it is it is possible that uh, there could be some money lost from the news agencies because of the cut short trip. Mm, it may but, be a considerable amount. But not to the reporters themselves, Greg, right? 
Not to the individuals, no. The, the reporters, you know, if they are credentialed reporters uh, working for credentialed news organizations, it would be, you know, their news organizations. So if they're from Fox News or ABC or the Washington Post, it's those news agencies that bear the brunt of those costs. Very good. I wonder, though, what that could mean going forward. Is that going to make news organizations less likely to approve travel for journalists? Well, it already has been very prohibitive for a lot of organizations. Uh, Salem Radio News, we have been able to uh, to take some day trips and a couple of uh, occasional uh, overnight trips on domestic travel. Uh, we have shied away from international travel for a number of reasons, and one of them is, is the cost, because uh, you are in a security bubble. So there are obviously our convenience and um, logistical advantages for reporters and news organizations to travel as a member of the uh, the travel pool on Air Force One, for example, especially overseas. Um, but uh, the costs do run up, and uh, organizations can tr- can travel independently to the to the locations where a president is going to be speaking or making appearances. Uh, so it doesn't pre- prevent or preclude news organizations from doing that. But there are advantages and and access advantages uh, to traveling occasionally, at least on on Air Force One. Mm-hmm. All right, Greg. Well, our time's almost up, but you know it wouldn't be a segment with Greg. Until we, uh, you know, ask you something kind of strange deeper. and or embarrassing or no, deep, no. you know, just deeper. I won't even go with embarrassing. I thought of you, though, today, Greg. Um, you've talked about your dog in the past. John also had many dogs. You guys are both dog lovers. I only have cats. Um, and okay. I think cats are great. But I did see this story today and thought not just of Greg, John, but of you, too. This was an AP story that came out um, about a Colorado man who was pulled over for speeding. When he was okay. pulled over, do you know what he tried? Did you see this? I did see this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He tried to switch places with his dog, Greg, to make it look as if his dog <laughs> was driving. Because the man was inebriated. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So he jumped into the passenger seat mm-hmm. and pushed his dog behind the wheel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As if that's somehow a better scenario. <laughs> Clearly, he was inebriated, right? Wait, are you Clearly. asking Greg if he would do that? I'm just asking no, no. if he has a close enough relationship with his dog that he would trust him at a, at a moment like that. Mm-hmm. Well, our, our dog's a pretty small dog, so I'm, I don't think we have a booster seat that would uh, get, him, <laughs> oh, get, get her up behind oh, the steering wheel. It's a yeah, small dog. See, right, right. Yeah, and it wouldn't hit the dog, gas pedal. So. I mean, you know, you'd have to help there. Greg. Okay, now, if you, John, if you had to pick one of your dogs yeah. who would be able to handle the wheel, which one would you choose? Uh, Gus. My, uh, oh, okay. My uh, Cardigan Walsh Corgi. But of course, you know he's a low rider too, though. He is a low rider, but you know he's certainly in command. Mm-hmm. Okay, Very all much. right, that's yeah. good to know. Mm-hmm. Greg, wow. I hope you en- enjoy you, a lovely week in the nation's capital. Thank you, and uh, you guys do the same. Well, we look forward to uh, the debt uh, being canceled and keep your dog where it belongs. Yes, thank you, Greg. You Investments involve a high degree of risk and actual results may vary. Oil and natural gas keep going up as the Russia conflict escalates. Get in on the next major oil boom now and help the U.S. with your patriotic investment that can potentially pay you monthly income for up to 20 or more years. That's the sound of a producing oil well and the sound of a smart investment. If you're an SEC-accredited investor and have at least 25000 liquid now, you can take advantage of Encore Energy's projects and a huge tax savings for this year. If you invest in oil and natural gas, you're allowed to write off nearly 100% of your investment in the first year. Goldman Sachs is projecting oil to go up to $100 a barrel, and natural gas is the fuel of the future and trading at record prices. Call 800-287-6691. Encore Energy is a major 
major investor and experienced operator in its core area of operations. Call now and learn how to deduct 100% of your investment and create 20 or more years of potential monthly income. Call 800-287-6691. That's 800-287-6691. People always ask me, why should I call Mr. Ruder Plumbing? Here's why. Our owner, Bob Bill, learned plumbing from his father who started plumbing in 1964. His father taught him to do it right the first time, and that's what Bob passed on to all of our plumbing technicians today. If you need a plumber, call Mr. Reuter. Always available for big and small jobs. Plus, mention you heard this ad on Word FM and receive 10% off your next service with us. Call 412-Reuter2 today. Jerry, we're just here from the Gateway Clipper. Come on down to the river and join us aboard our all-new Lock and Dam dinner cruise. Experience a trip through a lock, enjoy our all-new buffet, and listen to great music. Sailing Thursdays. Tickets, visit gatewayclipper.com. This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life and Legacy Show, you will find it archived at secularlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Right, 724-NEW-ROOF. Right. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Hi, I'm Kelsey Wiggins, a teacher in Gilmore City Bradgate School District in Iowa. Thanks to a science, technology, engineering, and math grant sponsored by Bear Fund, we renovated an old locker room into a monarch butterfly incubator, providing students with access to innovative technology that engages and inspires them. I encourage farmers to nominate a school district to apply for a $15,000 Grow Rural Education grant by visiting americasfarmers.com. Tonight, we'll see mainly clear skies. Expect a nighttime low of 56. Tomorrow, hazy sunshine. Smoke from distant wildfires will enhance both the sunset and sunrise. Expect a high of 79. Tomorrow night, mainly clear skies with a low of 56. Wednesday, partly sunny and pleasant. We'll reach a high Wednesday of 77. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. So if you're feeling down, dare I say a little depressive, what I'm reading today is that one of the best ways to improve your overall mood, short and long term, is listen to birds. Bird song. Hmm. Why? Yep. Why Multiple is, I mean, I, I, I agree. I'm sure that that's great. But why is mm-hmm. that? They don't know why. They're just, they, they, so there have been two studies. Uh, birds to be, uh, birds appear to be a specific source of healing benefits. Um, a study was done with 1,300 people, and uh, they all signaled that they were you know, either depressed short-term and or long-term. They were played six-minute clips of bird noises, mm-hmm. bird song, and uh, over a period of months, uh, of course, there's always the placebo, that you know, sort of the controlled study, but 98% of the test group said moods improved immediately by listening to six-minute clips of birdsong. Isn't that wild? I've thought of this before. What's that? This 
sub, this idea. Well, oh. well, mental well-being. And yes, birds. yes. So I had this experience on Friday. Lexi and I were staying after the show to do some things around the station, and I turned on my old videos on my iPad, just whatever I had stored, not YouTube stuff, but stuff that I had taken myself. And this video came on and instantly, I mean, I heard the sound of birds and instantly I was transported back to being in this little teeny tiny country town in Germany. And the sound of birds was so loud it was so loud. We weren't in the forest or anything. I mean, this was a, but it was a very teeny tiny quiet town. Anyway, the bird song was so loud and it was like my blood pressure dropped. You could feel hearing it. Hearing it. Yes, absolutely hearing it. And I think that it is Edenic, which in my mind means I think it's a human memory of the Garden of Eden. Oh, that's interesting. Well, uh, you imagine birds have been on this earth for forever, right? Early, early, early. And think how profound that song and sound would have been. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, imagine when we hear a pipe organ now, it's nothing like hearing a pipe organ in the Middle Ages. Right. When there was nothing that could be that loud. Nothing. And now we have all sorts of amplification, amplification and everything. But right. in that time, bird song would have been... Kind of like we curl up in a fetal position Mm. because we remember instinctively that time of safety and comfort. Interesting. I wonder if that's why we love that sound so much. I don't know. I I had a friend who could identify, I don't know, I don't know how many different birds by their song. We'd be out somewhere in the park and he'd go, this, oh, there's, can you hear that? And I'd be like, "Uh, yeah, I hear a little tiny piece of it. But he was so autumn. Uh, the audio tune to the birds around us. I love it so much. Huh. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm thinking good. of getting a bird feeder. Oh, I have a bird. I know you do. Yeah. And you kind of inspired me in that. Yeah. I've been thinking about it for a couple months. I haven't gotten any closer okay. to doing That's it. Fine. But I, I really would like I to mean, do that. Birds are around year round. So you just got to be got those pesky squirrels. Yeah. They're out there. Yeah, I know. You know. Yeah, yeah. All right. We're taking a break. Uh, Esther. We're talking about Esther next. Probably one of my, my second favorite Old Testament character. First, Joseph. I really love Joseph. But we'll talk about Esther next. Number two is coming up. (laughs) 101.5 WORD. You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I'm your number one fan. That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're big fans. Doing it right. Roofing, siding, remodeling. 15% off on all full roofing and full siding replacements signed in the month of May. Minimum size requirements apply. See website for details or call 724-NEW-ROOF. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month. 
a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call SelectQuote at 1-800-940-6161. That's 1-800-940-6161. Or go to SelectQuote.com. That's 1-800-940-6161. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. It took a panicked run on a major bank to lead to the second biggest bank failure in U.S. history. And Moody's just downgraded the entire U.S. banking system from stable to negative. Just a reminder why many people diversify their portfolios with something tangible, something that doesn't need bailing out, something that can't vanish into thin air. Learn the truth in Swiss America's shocking report, The Secret War on Cash. This all-out war against cash is a war against the Constitution, against all freedom-loving Americans. You must read The Secret War on Cash. Get your free copy by calling or texting 800-630-1495. That's 800-630-1495. This all-out war on cash, digital forms of currency, too, is growing daily. So please get and read The Secret War on Cash. Cash free to Salem listeners by calling or texting now at 800-630-1495. Make sure you mention Salem when you call or text 800-630-1495. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Want it done right, call doing it right. 724 New Roof. Okay, so Kath, uh, before the break, you said um, Esther. Mm-hmm. Number two. Number two. I love Joseph. Mm-hmm. His story is really captivating. But Esther, she was she not to be trifled with. No, she was, she was not. not. But she also was scared. I think that's why I love her, mm-hmm. is that she was scared and brave. I'm not really interested in people who are just brave. Yeah. Um, but she was scared and brave. And there was so much riding on it. Um she maximized what she'd been given and stepped out in faith. Yeah, I love, I love her. Rachel Booth Smith is with us. She produces study tools. She's a writer, a teacher, here to talk to us about number two, uh, Esther. Hey, Rachel, welcome back. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing great. Thanks. Our pleasure. Rachel, uh, your love for Esther, where did it come from and what do you love about her? You know, I love I love what you said there, Kathy. I, I think it's interesting that she is in the book of Esther. She's the only round character. And by that, I mean, she's the only character that changes. Like every other character are who they are through the whole book. And, you know, Haman is, Haman's a goober and he's, you know, kind of a big jerk. And the king, he's, you know, he flies off the handle and Mordecai is wise, but Esther actually changes. Like she goes from, she she has this metamorphosis, right? All the way through the book. And none of the other characters do that. And that's kind of how you can clue into the fact that, you know, she's, she's kind of the, the main character of that story. And, and uh, you watch her change and it's really, really pretty cool. What about um, for now? Now, for people who aren't familiar with the story of Esther, um, mm-hmm. it takes place uh, uh, in the era of uh, Persia being a dominant world power, um, the mm-hmm. king being someone who had immense political power, but also incredible personal power, being in a, in <laughs> his 
kingdom, being able to do and say and demand whatever he wanted. Um, he searches for a queen. He picks Esther because she's very beautiful without knowing mm-hmm. that she's Jewish. Um, and then she comes into the harem of all. First of all, she comes into the harem. Then he chooses her. And her Jewishness is not a something that's known, but it's not really something that enters into the story from the king's point of view. Uh, Can you talk about that? Yeah, you know, that's another interesting feature in the book of Esther is that it it kind of, the author goes to great pains to not mention anything religious about Esther and Mordecai. In fact, it says they kind of hide their Jewishness. And Um, that's really kind of cool when you think about, you know, another story that's in a similar time period would have been Daniel and Daniel's known for like, I mean, he's not going to bow down and he, he's explicit about what God means to him and his Jewishness. And, and Esther kind of plays it down in the, um, the book of Esther, the author, he, he doesn't mention God. The word God is not in there once. They, um, don't say the word prayer, they don't talk about Sabbath. They don't talk about food rules. And I really love this about the book because you know God is there, but the author is kind of playing with you. He makes you find God in there. He says, you know, um, God feels silent to the people and he kind of makes you stand right next to Esther and be like, yeah, is God here? Like, is is God is God with me here? Is God with me here? Is God with me there? And the author does these things where he'll be like, it just so happened on that very night, you know, and you're like, uh-huh, I got you. I got you. You know, and by the end of the book, you're kind of nodding along like, okay, I get it. When, you know, God's absence or his silence doesn't mean he's absent. And the book kind of trains you in that. It's like, yeah, it doesn't have to be explicit. It doesn't have to be super religious. And and God works with those things, absolutely. But, you know, if you're like me, sometimes you think, well, was I religious enough? Or maybe, you know, maybe God wasn't here. I, I don't know. I didn't see a big sign in the sky. I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. And, mm. you know, Esther just says, yeah, you know, it's okay to feel that way too. It's okay to step into bravery and make that faith um, action, even when you're not like sure that God is in it and making, you know, uh, you're just, you're just taking your best guess. You're doing the most wise thing in front of you. You're taking counsel. You're asking people to fast on your behalf and, and you just do the thing. And, uh, I, I totally feel that, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, lots of times I just got to feel like I, you know, just got to do the thing. And, um, and, and pray God just blesses it and comes alongside it. And it's just, just really um, witty and uh, clever the way the book says, yeah, I'm not going to let you off the hook as the audience. I'm not going to tell you, yep, God was right here. I'm going to make you work through it just like Esther had to work through it. Interesting. So, Rachel, uh, then effectively, as I hear you sort of take this little journey, you're you're putting mm-hmm. your ancient sandals on as well and just traveling through <laughs> as Esther did. A little bit, you know, I, I love to do context even before I start the book of Esther, like before I even read the first page, I like to um, think about, okay, where did this take place? So it took place in Susa and I'll just like hop online and Google map where's Susa, mm-hmm. right? And, and I'll do a little bit of work there and then I'll, I'll do um, like, okay, so let's see, they, the people, her ancient people, like her great grandparents, they walked there. 
so how far is that? And then I'll do Google Maps and I'll be like, okay, wait, how far is it from Jerusalem to Susa? And it's really cool because the roads are probably pretty similar because that's just the topographical way the land works, you know? And so you can figure out, okay, um, so it looks like that's about 950 miles. All right. And then I put it in back, you know, I do it backwards, right? So I'll be like, okay, that's 950 miles. So then I actually just did this before I got on with you guys. I was like, okay, how far is something from Pittsburgh? That's, you know, and I figured out Pittsburgh to Orlando is about 986 miles. That's interesting. So you think about, you know, uh, it was still 114 years before Esther's story takes place. But the big story that her, her people were telling and living in was that exile where they had walked from Jerusalem. It took them, says in Ezra, it took them three months to, to walk that whole time period. And that's how far away they are from their homeland. And so, so then, you know, you start using your imagination a little bit differently when you start thinking about, okay, so, all right, 114 years ago, all of her ancestors walked that far. So what's 114 years from me? Um, that's 1909. So then I start thinking about my great grandparents, right? So if my great grandparents, 1909, that was before the Great Depression, before World War One, even. Um, and I feel pretty far from that age, you know, like that. If if my great grandparents had immigrated, then I would feel like the place I'm at now is my home more than the place my great grandparents came from. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're native Susans at that point. Right. They're they are Jewish in their ethnicity, but they're they're kind of native to Assyria at that point. They're as much Assyrian as they are Jewish. And you kind of can catch that from her name. Her name is Ishtar, uh, you know, which is an Assyrian name um, and Mordecai. That's an Assyrian name. So, you know, they're fully fully into that culture. And so just kind of thinking through, okay, how far away is this? If they wanted to go home to Jerusalem, that's that's definitely something they would have to make a commitment to. That's not a close city. And how were their ancestors talking about that exile and how large would that loom over their lives? And what would that mean theologically to them? And, um, and then you open the book because otherwise, you know, if you're like me, I tend to be like, okay, this is a princess story. (laughs) And I just go and put my Disney hat on like right away. (laughs) And I'm just thinking of castles and singing snowmen. And, you know, all of a sudden, I'm just right into that mode. And I think the Bible deserves our a little bit more effort than that. And and to to say, okay, wait a minute, that's, you know, I, I need to resist that a little bit, and do a little bit of the work to try to step into her shoes and think about how would this have impacted her? You know, how long had she been living there? How long had she been a refugee and an exile? And what would that have been like to be the minority in the city? And how would that have impacted her to be rounded up, you know, and and just kind of thinking through it from that perspective, because it's just so darn easy to, um, to insert my own, you know, to make Esther fit into my world and to make her a Disney princess almost. Mm. Um, and, and I have to force myself and do, do that back background work. And, you know, everything yeah. I just did, you can do on, you know, Google and 
Wikipedia and, you know, get a good commentary Bible and, um, and all that. But I think it's worth the work because otherwise you just might miss it. You might miss some of those cool things about like, well, why isn't God mentioned? And you're like, oh, wait a minute. This is the exile. They're wondering about where God is. This is a cool literary thing they're doing. And Rachel, that's so good because like you said, we tend to um, you know, make the Bible fit around us as opposed to fitting around the Bible. And sometimes we look at uh, works of art, whether it's a movie or a song or whatever. If it doesn't say God, then it's secular. Uh, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. this is this is a good lesson to teach us that, you know, God's mm-hmm. God's everywhere, whether his name yeah. is express, expressly spelled out or not. Very good. Uh, that's mm-hmm. Rachel Booth Smith. Yeah, she hey, writes, teaches, and produces study tools, including this Bible study she's uh, talking from here for Proverbs 31 Ministries. If our listeners want to find you, where can they find you, Rachel? Yeah, they can hop on my website, rachelboothsmith.com, or um, Instagram at rboothsmith, I think is, I don't even remember my handle. You can search it. <laughs> that's great. I Ra- remember. <laughs> Rachel, uh, your uncle, Tom Hughes, is also a good friend yes. of mine from years ago. So if you see him, tell him I said hi. <laughs> I will certainly mention it. I'm sure he's he's listening. He's sounds, a great guy. Sounds Excellent. good. Rachel Booth Smith. <laughs> you can find her online. Very easy. Excellent work. Very good. We'll take a quick break. Yeah, Come back. We're just getting underway here. Uh, we're going to go from Rachel to Donna Summer. That's next. Wouldn't it be great to work in a place that makes a positive impact on the people, businesses, and churches around you? That place exists. I know because I work there. My name is Cassie, and I'm the digital marketing specialist with Salem Media Group in Pittsburgh. Right now, 101.5 Word FM and Salem Surround have an opening for one talented salesperson to join our team. Is that you? We'll bring the training. You just bring the talent. An understanding of digital marketing and some direct sales experience will definitely help you stand out. What are you waiting for? Take the first step to a career that is challenging, rewarding, and helps to create terrific results for our amazing customers. Join the sales team at Salem Media Group Pittsburgh. Email your resume to brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. That's brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. Are you tired of guessing and second guessing when it comes to trading in the stock market? Then you need Vantage Point Software, your ultimate trading companion. With the U.S. dollar in jeopardy as the world's reserve currency, the time is now to take control of your trading with the power of artificial intelligence. Vantage Point's artificial intelligence analyzes millions of data points in seconds, so you know what's happening up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Now you can experience the power of Vantage Point free. Text money to 813813. See the AI for yourself when you text money to 813813. That's M-O-N-E-Y to 813813. You'll see firsthand how Vantage Point Software can revolutionize your trading strategy. Whether you're a seasoned trader or just starting out, Vantage Point Software could be your key to success. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. By texting, you agree to the terms available at vantagepointsoftware.com and consent to receive calls and texts using automated technology about offers or info by or on behalf of Vantage Point. Your consent is not a condition to purchase and can be revoked at any time. Message and data rates may apply. Text money. To 813-813. Let's be real. Retirement is expensive and inflation is making it even harder with the cost of everything going up from pet food to a dozen eggs. Wouldn't it be great if the cost of your health care could go down? Well, MediShare 65 plus is $99 a month for ages 65 to 74. And for many with Medicare Parts A and B looking at other options, that's 50% or more saved per month 
No gimmicks. It's $99 a month, and you can use any Medicare-approved doctor or facility, and you get 24-7 access to telehealth from the convenience of your home. Better yet, MediShare is a Christian nonprofit organization. It's a community that will pray for you and encourage you. And since we've cut out the middleman, you get to keep the savings. Call now. You can learn more about MediShare 65 Plus. Here's the number. 833-SHARE-55. That's 833-SHARE-55. 833-SHARE-55. The inimitable Donna Summer. Mm. I think it's my favorite of her songs. It's a great song. It's such a great song. She's incredible. Fabulous. New documentary uh, on Donna Summer called Love to Love You is available on HBO and HBO Max. It's directed by uh, Roger Ross, who's an Oscar and Emmy Award winning filmmaker. Also uh, directed by her daughter, Brooklyn. And I got a um, recommendation on it. Uh, a local musician in town who uh, was a part of Donna's band watched it on Saturday and said it's really, really well done. That's so cool. Uh, so anyway, uh, as a Donna Summer fan, when I was a kid, I had on the radio the album, yeah. which I remember on like vinyl. I looked at mm-hmm. it yesterday and all I did was, you know, as we all did when you w- listen to an album, you just gazed at it. She was... Just epic. She sure was. She was just epic. What a voice. Uh, she's been gone since 2012. She died of lung cancer at the age of 63. Her family has sort of held on to her estate. So her house is the way it has left really? when she passed away. Now, there's going to be an auction of Donna Summer's ephemera, her clothes, her bedazzled closet that uh, will start later on this month. Um I mean, it's, there's some wild stuff in here. One of the items up for sale is a silver goblet that Donna Summer often had on stage with her, filled with caffeine-free Pepsi. <laughs> really? Uh, her daughter remembers that when she and one of her sisters went on tour with her mother in the late 1990s, one of their jobs would be to uh, stir the soda inside the goblet to get rid of any bubbles. Because she said, while Mama's singing, she can't be burping. <laughs> uh, you know, she... <laughs> She started out, like most people, I mean, you know, as, as, no, as nothing. She was a member of the German production of Hair. Yeah, that's how she got her start. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. The auction includes glamorous possessions and other items that are more mundane. On the glamorous end, a glittering blue and green dress that she wore in the music video for her 1983 song, Unconditional Love. A rhinestone-studded dress and bolero jacket that she wore to concert in 95. Also, a collection of her uh, sunglasses. Uh, and there is the anatot- annotated um, lyrics to On the Radio, which are also up for sale. It's all online. Christie's is having the auction. That's super cool. Are you familiar with her other daughter, Amanda, the one who's in Johnny Swim? No. Oh, she and her husband have a group, and they are terrific. Really? Oh, my gosh, yes. So, a killer she's, voice as well. Yeah, she's, she's beautiful, and yeah. Donna Summers. Yeah, the jeans run strong. And a believer. Mm-hmm. Take a quick break. That's our 4 o'clock hour on the Monday edition of The Ride Home. We come back. We're going to talk about the passing of Tim Keller from John Stark, who's a pastor in Uptown Manhattan. That's straight ahead, the ride home. We're Pittsburgh's Christian Talk on 101.5 Word FM. That's W-O-R-D. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, tune in, and on Odyssey, in your car or at home, too, at 101.5 W-O-R-D-F-M, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Biden, House Speaker McCarthy, will resume debt ceiling talks later today. After cutting short his foreign trip, the president will meet in person at the White House with McCarthy in search of a deal to avert a federal default. The two leaders spoke by phone Sunday afternoon as the president was returning home on Air Force One from Japan. The speaker described the call as productive. They face an upcoming deadline when the government could run out of cash to pay its bills. Treasury Secretary Yellen says June 1st is a hard deadline. Greg Clugston, Washington. The Republican presidential field has added another candidate. South Carolina Senator Tim Scott has entered the race. And Democratic Senator Tom Carper of Delaware says he will not seek re-election, but rather retire in 2024. The Dow is down 39 points. The Nasdaq up 97. This is SRN News. I'll never forget my first pair of Jordans. I mowed neighbors' lawns all summer to save up because I was certain those Jordans were going to make me touch the rim. But then the new shoe blister, to which I gritted my teeth and kept wearing them because blisters go away, but brand new Jordans are forever. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and this is exactly like buying a new home right now. Interest rates are higher, an annoying short-term blister, but home prices have come down quite a bit, creating a big opportunity. Because interest rates can go away, but the price you pay for a new home is forever. We've got hundreds of listeners buying their dream home now, while prices have dropped, with a plan to refinance the interest rate blister down the road. We have a direct lender advantage that can often get you a better rate, and we provide a $1,000 lender credit at closing to all our radio friends. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp. Melbourne, New York. And a blessing 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. Hi, I'm Olivia, and I'm 11. Some people my age might think water in a basement's pretty cool. Who wouldn't want an indoor swimming pool? But my dad taught me a thing or two about homes. You mean all those times I talked about waterproofing. You were actually listening? Absolutely. I'm like Alexa. Okay, so how does Jandy Waterproofing protect your home? By keeping water out of the basement so it doesn't compromise the structure of your home. And? By not giving yucky mold and mildew a place to grow. Pretty good. Dad, I wasn't finished. 
Oh, sorry. And J&T Waterproofing can save you money. Do tell. By saving you from having to replace your basement appliances from water damage. I couldn't have said it better myself. Got water problems? Don't cry. Call 1-800-VERY-DRY. J&D Waterproofing. 1-800-VERY-DRY. For more than a century, AM radio has evolved to meet the needs of our community. In their car, at home, or on the job, more than 80 million listeners depend on AM radio each month. AM radio is also the backbone of the emergency alert system, which keeps us safe in dangerous times. It's reliable, free, and public safety depends on it. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM radio in cars. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Tonight, we'll see mainly clear skies. Expect a nighttime low of 56. Tomorrow, hazy sunshine. Smoke from distant wildfires will enhance both the sunset and sunrise. Expect a high of 79. Tomorrow night, mainly clear skies with a low of 56. Wednesday, partly sunny and pleasant. We'll reach a high Wednesday of 77. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Okay, so uh, I read today that, uh, I don't know, you hear these these numbers and you go, really? Okay. Uh, Only half of Americans now say that they are sure that God exists. Only half. The findings from the closely watched General Social Survey stands out among several nuggets of new data about religion in America. Not quite 50% of Americans say they have no doubt about the existence of God, according to the 2022 survey released uh, today, as a matter of fact. Uh, As recently as 2008, the share of sure believers topped 60%. Apparently those numbers have tumbled, I guess, uh, during the pandemic. Um, The historic decline in the nation's Christian population, especially uh, among... uh, Among people who live in urban areas, the share of Americans who identify as white evangelical Protestant has dwindled from 23% to 14% since 2006. The share of mainline white Protestants has fallen from 18% to 14%. White Catholics have declined from 16% to a population of 13%. That is not to say, though, that Americans are not spiritual. Nearly three-quarters of people believe in life after death. The numbers remain relatively stable. So if half of the population doesn't believe in God, mm-hmm. but three-quarters of the, of the population believes that you you can live on after you because, die, how does that happen? Because everybody loves somebody who's died. And they can't – nobody can face a reality that someone you love is gone forever. Is gone forever. Yeah, Even though sense. so many people say, you know, there's no God. We're just a chance collision of amino acids. Mm-hmm. When it's somebody you love, you can't believe that. Yeah. It's so unnatural. How could that be? 
that someone you love is gone and will never right. No how how could how could that ever be? So I think that's where the idea of Heaven. a better no a better place came from. So there's no, if a person doesn't believe concretely in God, doesn't believe in the revelation and the knowledge that the Bible offers, mm-hmm. then you have to find something. So you say, oh well, even if I'm completely irreligious in every aspect of my life. When I'm talking about somebody I loved who died, well, he he's in a better place. Yeah, you do hear because that. that's just, that's just a pacifier, right? Right. Yeah, placeholder. All right. Decades ago, nearly every American child was raised with some religion. Today, 15 percent of the population reports no religious upbringing at all, mm-hmm. which surprised me. It's it's 15 percent. I thought it'd be higher. Uh, uh, this is a, a quote from um, Thomas Groom, who's a professor of theology at Boston College. They're not saying night prayers, morning prayers, taking their kids to church. Whatever religion we have going forward will be by persuasion and choice and not by inherited identity. Okay. Which, okay, fine. I mean, most people are believers because their parents were believers. Is that the case? I think so. Most people? I, the, I would I say the majority. Like, yeah, Maybe. Right. Yeah, I don't know that for sure. Let me go to some other stats. Now, this is three years old. No, this is five years old. This is from Pew. But I saw a lot of other statistics, but I trust Pew. And so I figured this was a better one to talk about, even if it was slightly dated. Uh, Most people in Western Europe, according to Pew, say they believe in God. But believing in God doesn't necessarily mean belief in the God of the Bible. Even though all 15 countries surveyed in Western Europe are historically Christian, like you're saying, mm-hmm. you would get your Christianity from your family or your parents, yep. nearly all of them still have Christian majorities, but fewer respondents say they believe in God as described in the Bible, but they do believe in some other higher power or spiritual force. Substantial numbers of people, according to Pew, surveyed across Western Europe do not believe there is any higher power. Or spiritual force in the universe. Belief in a biblical God, according to Pew, is much more common among church attending Christians than it is among non practicing Christians, which makes a lot of sense because why would you go to church if you don't believe you're doing anything right, there? Right, right. Um, the survey questions that mention the Bible do not specify particular verses, leaving that up to the understanding of the respondents, but it is clear from other questions in the survey, that people who say they believe in God, as described in the Bible, generally envision a deity all-knowing, all-powerful, who loves all people and ultimately will judge them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't get, I'm sure there's a lot of different reasons, but even at a baseline of just someone who, who loves nature, how can you not see God's creation and not think, well, somehow that was made. I know. Someone made that. I know. And they, yeah, so the other perspective is that science is amazing and evolution is an extraordinary process and look what it's produced. I just find that there is just, there is way too much creativity mm. and beauty. Layer after layer after layer. To just be. A happy accident. No, I just can't believe that. Hey, I a, really can't believe that. Oh, and I, I also can't believe that you can look in the eyes of your dog and think that. Mm-hmm. Or your child. <laughs> how right? could how could you think yeah, that? Yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah. I, I mean, I know that I'm sure many people listening to my voice right now um, be- believe in a scientific process. And I, 
Well, of course. You, 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 have every, you have every right to it. I just, I, I'm sure you would challenge me on some of the things I'm saying. I'm going to challenge you on some of the things that you're saying. And one of them is there's just, to me, too much beauty in the world for there not to have been a beautiful creator just the at the start of it. For me, though, bottom line, grateful that my parents were believers, that my grandparents were believers, and it's been passed down. Mm -hmm. Super grateful. Yep, me as well. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, we'll turn our attention to our friend Tim Keller, who passed away last week at the age of 72. John Stark is a pastor in Uptown Manhattan, close to where Tom and Kathy lived. And uh, so we're going to talk about the effect that Tim Keller had next. 101.5 WORD. Okay, everybody in the car. Where are we going, Daddy? On an adventure. Yay! Adventures in Odyssey. It's not just a kid's show. It's a show the whole family can enjoy. Listen on this station. Adventures in Odyssey, tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. Wouldn't it be great to work in a place that makes a positive impact on the people, businesses, and churches around you? That place exists. I know because I work there. My name is Cassie, and I'm the Digital Marketing Specialist with Salem Media Group in Pittsburgh. Right now, 101.5 Word FM and Salem Surround have an opening for one talented salesperson to join our team. Is that you? We'll bring the training. You just bring the talent. An understanding of digital marketing and some direct sales experience will definitely help you stand out. What are you waiting for? Take the first step to a career that is challenging, rewarding, and helps to create terrific results for our amazing customers. Join the sales team at Salem Media Group Pittsburgh. Email your resume to brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. That's brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to a decline in the economy, CarShield is announcing a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on future auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-353-2973 now. Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. 800-353-2973. That's 800-353-2973. What do you have to lose? Call 800-353-2973. Again, 800-353-2973. As a local business owner, you get called every week by marketing companies. We get it. We have hundreds of satisfied customers. Here's what a satisfied client recently said. Open enrollment is going great. We're hitting record numbers. Thank you so much for this report. It really is amazing to see how the marketing is really shaping our enrollment around the city. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Surroundpittsburgh.com. There's been a lot written, talked about since the death of Tim Keller last week. Uh, 
if you have read any of Tim Keller's books or followed him along with his sermon series or his podcast, there is great reason to mourn his passing because he touched a large swath of us, especially as believers here in this country. Well, we're happy to welcome back to the show a friend of ours who's been with us in the past, John Stark, who is pastor of Apostles Church in New York City. Uh, John is the author of The Secret Place of Thunder, Trading Our Need to Be Noticed for Hidden Life with Christ. It's his uh, latest book, along with several. But, uh, John, welcome back, uh, and especially for your uh, willingness to talk about Tim Keller. Yeah, oh, thanks for having me. Uh, John, Tim and Kathy were kind enough. They were regular guests on our show. And mm. um, w- what was so great about our about that time we, were, we spent with them is just that Tim didn't seem like Tim Keller. He just seemed like a guy. And it was so, it was just really, um, it was instructive in a lot of ways. It was also really sweet. Um, Now, you must have known him in a different way, completely, being Mm -hmm. also both pastors, but also both being in the same city. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you talk about um, if you had any connection with Tim and what you see his influence in the city of New York? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, back in 2008, I began working for an organization for, um, uh, it's called the Gospel Coalition. Oh, yeah. And Tim, Tim was a co-founder. He's a vice president there for a long time and, um, was working there till about 2011 is when I moved to the city and I continued as sort of a bivocational pastor because the pastor or the church that I came up with uh, and was hired by couldn't support me full time yet. Um, And that didn't come until about 2014. And so I got to see Tim, you know, the, the stage Tim at all the conferences, but in, I saw a meeting Tim uh, where uh, he had to, talk through really difficult, uh, stressful, uh, situations. And, um, I, I think it's, yeah, if you've paid attention to any of the sort of stories that are shared online about Tim, I I think it's very true that what you would expect to see some from, from someone who preached the way he did about grace, gentleness, um, following Christ, uh, humility, uh, being impacted by, grace and the gospel. Um, he really did live that in person. He was gentle, humble, quick to listen. Um, and listen, even though I I wasn't in rooms with his enemies, what was really clear publicly also was that he, he really did listen to people who, who disagreed with him strongly. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was just his humility was really evident. Yeah. I mean, like Cass said, uh, John, we were fortunate to have a connection. We knew Tim because Tim's wife, Kathy, uh, is from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, and Pennsylvania so, connection. Yeah, yeah, it was an easy connection <laughs> for us to make. And, you know, um, they, they were interesting for us because whenever they would join us, it would be the two of them together. And it was like there's a married couple, and they would often mm-hmm. disagree about things on the air. And you know how, you know, <laughs> you disagree with your wife. Mm-hmm. And, and they were, it was super sweet to watch this interaction, you know. Um, we, we just loved it and just kind of held on for dear life whenever they were with us and hoped not to misstep and just mm-hmm. be honest in our, in our conversation with them. Um, what, what, what surprises me? I mean, for, for me, and I think for Kath as well, 
that Tim Keller to me was sort of like, you know, the my Billy Graham. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Billy Graham mm-hmm. was certainly, you know, a, 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 someone who was enormous to millions of people. And, and of course, yeah. Billy Graham lived a long time and, and passed away not that long ago. But I would right. hold Tim Keller, you know, an equal sort of, you know, stature as Billy Graham. But at the same time, you know, what you're saying and what Kath and I have said, that he, he was able to share himself without ego or, you know, any sort of oddity about him. But I, but in reading about him, what surprises me, and you brought this word up, is that he did have enemies. And, and I think, how could you, what, what theological, you know, sort of dysfunction or disagreement might you have with Tim Keller that he would become someone, you know, from the opposite <laughs> side? That surprises me. Yeah. Well, it's interesting if you um, even uh, even think about recently, he'll get it from the right and then on the left, um, you know, whether it is at Princeton Seminary, they're offering him the Kuiper Award recently. And um, there was a um, a debate and they ended up removing the award from him because of his stance on uh, gender and sexuality. Um, or on the right, um, I think there would be more misunderstandings, but his, his, um, his understanding of, of how to practice justice biblically, mm-hmm. um, with, in relationship to his understanding of our justification by faith that produces someone who cares about justice as well. Um, and that produced a lot of, I think, anxiety and frustration with people who are maybe, uh, on the right of him, mm-hmm. though I think theologically they'd be on the same page on a number of, of issues. But I, I, you know, it's interesting is to see him talk publicly with a lot of them. He's patient and and listening. And I, th- I think in in some ways, what you often saw with Tim was uh, his his inner life would be coming out in those moments mm-hmm. because the those anxious moments are when you're disagreed with. Or maybe w- when you're treated unfairly, which I think sometimes his arguments were caricatured or treated unfairly, what's true of you on the inside will come out. And um, and there's something, and you know, I you guys had me on uh, a few weeks ago or a month ago or so talking about the theme of that book of uh, Secret Place of Thunder, mm-hmm. and I I do think Tim is a real wonderful model of someone who cared primarily about his life with Christ and his ministry, his public ministry began to be more of a fruit of that. Um, and we, and we got to see that. And doesn't that give you, give us, give one so much freedom. I mean, if you're, if what you care about is your relationship with God, the unchanging things about the unchanging God, then Whoever decides you're an enemy or whoever decides, I mean, it's culture wars. Yeah, I'm not saying that it's not, it doesn't hurt or it's not difficult, but it really puts it, I think, in a different category. And it it just changed. I think it changes how much it it can impact us. Yeah, I think, you know, for a number of pastors in my situation, we we're impacted a lot by his preaching his ability to have some level of cultural grasp and still communicate it in an edifying, not a confusing way. Um, And he just had that brilliance and ability to do that. But I think for the people who probably saw him day to day, and I'm, I'm 
friends with a, a lot of the pastors there at Redeemer who had to work under him or had to work with him. And, uh, or if you took classes from him, he, he did a lot of quipping and church planting and seminary training. What you always saw is that he, he was always pushing you to a deeper prayer life with Christ. In fact, I remember being in, um, a setting, he was talking to a number of pastors in this city and they were wanting him to give us, someone was asking and wanting Tim to give us the secret to interesting preaching. Like what, what makes it so interesting? Mm. And he said, if, if you pray and you have a life with Christ and you're godly, you will be interesting. Mm. And I, that's really stuck with me is that it wasn't, well, if you have the right publications and you read those and you listen to the right voices and you connect the right dots, but I I really do think it mattered to him that if you're godly, you will be interesting in your preaching and not in a worldly way, but I think in a, in a really spiritually true way um, that your preaching will be meaningful and people will follow if if you're godly and that for many of us, I think young pastors, I think that's really stuck with us more than just the cultural awareness and the preaching and the ability to quote anywhere from Lord of the Rings uh, that he wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. We're talking about Tim Keller with John Stark. Uh, John Stark's newest work is called the secret place of thunder, trading our need to be noticed for a hidden life with Christ. John, when, uh, when Tim and Kath would be on our show, I always used to uh, kind of gear up in my head for it because I was really concerned. It was was like I couldn't think about it too much because then I was afraid I'd be fake and I'd Mm. be like, you know what I mean? Like trying to be mm-hmm. something I'm not, which I knew is the <laughs> first of all, that's the death of radio is when people are posing. But the other thing, it's just the death of any relationship is when you're posing. So I was really, mm-hmm. you know, trying yeah. hard not to do that. But it's hard to not be intimidated by someone. He, You know, Tim and Kathy have incredible biblical depth. They also have incredible intellectual depth. And um, that is a powerful combination. And it's a rare combination. Uh, And I wish it wasn't, but it is. And um, so as a pastor, were you, did you get intimidated by that? Uh, Or how, how did you navigate those feelings? Yeah. I mean, he's, he was the reason why many of us are pastoring in New York and gave us an imagination um, for what it might mean to pastor. Uh, I mean, their congregation is just six blocks down from us. And so, mm, wow. yeah, the, the, the shadow is long and deep and, um, yeah. and I, I think what's been helpful along the way is realizing that Tim was being Tim when he was preaching. Like he, there was no, there's no one who preached like that, preaches like that. He, he's okay with stuttering his hand gestures, you know, he doesn't some, doesn't seem to always know what to do with his hands when he's preaching, and and yet sometimes it just seems like it's a, it's a burning bush when he preaches, but he was being himself, and I think for many of us we felt like okay, the, the only way to do preaching in or pastoral ministry in an urban setting like New York or Chicago um, is to be like Tim Keller, but 
for some reason that just doesn't work for most people. (laughs) (laughs) Right, because none of us are Tim um, Keller. Yeah, and there really is something about that Jesus really wants you to be you. And he wants you to be who you were meant to be in him. He's gifted you. He, he set you in the right place. If, if God wanted Tim Keller to lead my church, he'd have Tim Keller lead my church, but he, he called me to do it. And so it, it, that is a, a battle. I think for some of us to think through pastoring in some of these settings that we think just takes some sort of Gandalf type wisdom um, and cleverness, but really it's, is trying to to follow Christ insofar that he's gifted you and to be yourself. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what Tim did. And that is what made him, I think, unique. He he didn't sound like a a preacher that I heard growing up. Yeah. And um I think that's a that's a really powerful lesson when you think of it rather than that's who I should be like in his mannerisms or his quotes. But that's who I should follow in someone who is just trying to be himself in Christ. Just trying to be himself in Christ. So, um, John, people are listening and, um, you know, we're sort of playing, you know, inside poker in a way that, you know, we're so deeply interested in Tim and uh, his influence on us and, and, of course, the country and the world. But I'm not going to say people, a lot of people don't know who Tim Keller was. So um, Mm -hmm. when you approached uh, reading Tim Keller, his books, um, do you, you know, do you go, hey, you should read this. If you want to, you know, sort of get to know the style and the theology mm-hmm. of Tim Keller, is there something that pops to mind? Yeah, it depends on what, what Tim, which, which Tim did you want? Did you oh. want the, the pastor, the shepherd, or the someone who's the, the apologist, the evangelist, or someone who's trying to equip pastors? Tim did all three of those really well. Um, and, you know, if you if you want to um, uh, have the apologist side of Tim, which is what he's probably most known for, you know, his first famous book, which he didn't uh, start writing meaningfully until he was in his late fifties, um, was Reason for God, yeah. uh, which is you know you'll you'll see a lot of quotes that he's famous for. But what's interesting, if you talk with Tim about that book. Um, he doesn't think it's as relevant and needed today. And so, which is why he wrote Making Sense of God several years later, which is meant not to be a replacement, but to be sort of a, this is maybe where the culture is right now. And this is where the gospel needs to be applied, um, deals with sexuality and, and um, self-fulfillment in ways that he didn't really approach in reason for God. So those two books are maybe for the apologist, for the pastor. Um, I mean, center church is sort of his vision for, for church ministry. So if you're a spiritual leader, a church leader or a pastor, center church is probably that one. But if you want like the money uh, uh, preacher, pastor, spiritual guide, um, prodigal God is, is a really great, one or his most recent one on forgiveness is really, really good. Um, or the, his one on, on idols, um, uh, counterfeit gods. Um, is that our, our counterfeit gods? Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, it's one on idolatry. Those are probably the, the ones to reach for, um, when thinking about how he's trying to lead you into spiritual health. That's really good. Mm-hmm. John, um, what will you remember most about Tim? Oh, it's humility. Yeah. I mean, it, it, 
and just the way his inner life comes out. Um, I, I, there was a, an article or an obituary that reached out to a number of us pastors here in the city. And I, I wanted to make sure that people knew that it wasn't just that he was intelligent that made him um, amazing or interesting. It was his inner life that came mm-hmm. out and then made his sermons feel like a burning bush. He really was godly. And that's what made his sermons feel different. Like a, yeah. it was, they were electric because of that. Yeah. Isn't it funny? And it, in the digital age, it's so easy. It's much easier to be intellectual, even to be yeah. biblical than it is to have depth. Yeah. Because the, yeah. you know, the internet takes the most surface parts of us and magnifies them. And we often then tend to work on those as- aspects of ourselves at the expense of Everybody the is. ones that really matter. Um, yeah. And so, you know, to hear you say that the, the eternal stuff, uh, as Bono would say, the stuff you can't leave behind uh, <laughs> is the stuff that really mattered. Yeah, that's good. Right. Yeah, that's right. And just to see him at the end of his life boast more and more in the resurrection that mm-hmm. that really is what he was hoping in. And um, there was a kind of gentleness and, you know, he there's a video online you could find it uh, where he gave his last message to Redeemer. Uh, it was posted online today somewhere mm-hmm. and he gave a, f- a few direct things about redeemer, the church, the organization, and then just three spiritual things to remember. And, and one of them is just, you know, for, forget about your status, forget about it. Um, give your, give your life away to other mm-hmm. things other than just, you know, who you are and your, your status in this world. And, and, you know, for someone who, who probably, uh, was tempted to f- try to think about his legacy. Um, I, I think he probably tried to think about a lot more than just that. Um, so I think he was a good witness to that. Fabulous. John, it's been a pleasure. It has been. Thank you so much. John Stark yeah, is the, sure, the author of The Secret Place of Thunder, Trading Our Need to Be Noticed for a Hidden Life with Christ. Talk, Talk soon, John. Yeah, John. Bye. Yeah, do yourself a favor. Uh, Pick up a Tim Keller book if you haven't yet. I mean, John Stark. It was a burning bush, he says. As a young adult, your college years, of course, are extremely pivotal. It's the time to discover who you are. And if you're fortunate and you are involved in Christian life, to discover your God-given calling in life. Because the world calls and says, oh, your college career is all about your future self and making your income to provide for your life. But of Mm -hmm. course, life is much more than that. And there are limitless numbers, seemingly limitless numbers of colleges that will help your child down that path to figure out how to make the The most money, right? To find the most jobs, all those sorts of things, all important things to consider. However, how many schools are there that are going to help your child prepare to go out into the world, to be an effective witness for Christ, to be a person who's able to work in their chosen field in a way that is a calling, whether they're being trained as a mechanical engineer or they're being trained as someone in business or an elementary school teacher, whatever it is, looking at that job as their vocation, 
that is given to them by God and that God can work through them in a magnificent way because of their own individuality. How many colleges are going to prepare a child to look at it that way? That would be Grove City College. Eternal biblical truth in all the teachings, gcc.edu, Grove City College. If you have unfiled taxes or are in debt to the IRS, this is important news. The IRS just rolled out a new program to help struggling taxpayers more easily resolve their tax problems. It's called the Taxpayer Relief Initiative, and it opens up powerful new options for people looking to get back on the right track with the IRS. And no one knows this program like the professionals at Optima Tax Relief, America's most trusted tax resolution company. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients and have the expertise and experience to help you. One easy call to Optima can start the process helping to put an end to your worries of wage garnishment, asset seizure, and other aggressive IRS actions. Make today the beginning of your fresh start with the IRS. Call the experts at Optima Tax Relief now for your free confidential consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Gary Wojtunas here from the Gateway Clipper. Come on down to the river and join us aboard our all-new Lock and Dam dinner cruise. Experience a trip through a lock, enjoy our all-new buffet, and listen to great music. Sailing Thursdays. For tickets, visit GatewayClipper.com. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Tonight, we'll see mainly clear skies. Expect a nighttime low of 56. Tomorrow, hazy sunshine. Smoke from distant wildfires will enhance both the sunset and sunrise. Expect a high of 79. Tomorrow night, mainly clear skies with a low of 56. Wednesday, partly sunny and pleasant. We'll reach a high Wednesday of 77. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. make sense does what make sense a digital alarm clock i would say a digital clock you mean other than your phone mm-hmm. like on your night a nightstand or in your living room or in your kitchen or a digital clock a digital clock that just spells out 345 mm-hmm I have such a little use for clocks anymore because I've got one in my pocket constantly. Really? Yeah. I have a clock in every room. What? Yeah, I do. It's kind of a weird thing about me, I guess. Every I never... room? Yeah. You got a clock in your dining room? Yes. What? Like you? That would make me anxious. What? it? Because then I'd have to eat, like, worry about the time while I was You're eating. not worried about the time. I mean, at least... You a clock in your bathroom? Yes. Holy smokes. That doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> I didn't ask if that made sense, John. <laughs> what are you asking me? Did a digital clock make, as opposed to like a, in a traditional hand sweep? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, if I'm going to have a clock in every room, I'm going to have the traditional clock. Okay. Thank goodness after all Jeez, that. I mean, man. Geez, that was Damn. a long way to get to the fact that we agree. <laughs> oh, you agree? Digital clocks are so clinical. They're so yeah, cold. Rough. I like a 
talk TikTok. Yeah. I like the look of a clock face. Yeah. I like that a lot. Well, what kind of clock do you have in your bathroom? What, like a hand? Like a, I have a little a tiny. Little, yeah. With. Really? Yeah, with hands on it. And in your and in your living in mm-hmm. living room too. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be an anxious <laughs> mess with those many clocks. Well, oh, it's not like it, time's moving any faster. Yeah, I don't care. Just by looking at it, I go, oh. Well, then don't come over. <laughs> I'm coming over. <laughs> Taking the clocks down. All right. Does this make any sense? Mm-hmm. A fire pit. Sitting out there in the yeah. yard. Yeah, that makes that makes so much sense. Yeah. There's something about the snap, crackle, and the smoke, and ever. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Me too. I wish I had a little bit of a better place for it in my backyard. You got a nice backyard. I do, but it's just I don't have a great spot for it. But I real I like it. Does it make sense to you? Oh, it makes perfect. How sense. How does it? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it as well. Yeah. Yeah, because. And it's not like you're making a fire on the ground and you have to, you know. No, it's all self-contained, yes, yeah. right? It's just, a re- it's, I think everybody gravitates towards it. Conversation's easier when there's a fire pit around, is what I would say. Is that Edenic, as I said earlier in the show? <laughs> do you think it calls us back to our yes. garden yes, roots? Yes, it does. Yes. The birds chirping, mm-hmm. the fire cracking, those ancient sounds. Yes. Tension going down? They do call us. I believe that's true. Fire pits make sense. Digital clock? No. 101.5 WORD. Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are, and you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous. There's an app for that, right? On TuneIn, on iHeart, on our own app, on WordFM.com. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. On your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 101.5 WORD. Jessica, this is the happiest day of my life. Right up there with the day I bought my RV and insured it with Progressive. Man, I love that thing. There are a million fish in the sea, which I'm reminded of every time I bring my RV to the lake, but I vow to love and cherish you just as much as I cherish campsites with full electric and water hookups. I'm so sorry. Protect your beloved with an RV policy from Progressive. Take as little as four minutes to see what you could save at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Inflation is pushing up the cost of just about everything, but life insurance actually costs less today than it did a few years ago. Now is the time to get the insurance you need. Call SelectQuote and we'll help you save more than 50% on term life insurance. You can get up to $2 million in same-day coverage with no medical exam. Call SelectQuote at 1-800-646-9595 or go to SelectQuote.com now. That's 1-800-646-9595. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. For a bunch of years now, we've been telling our story on Christian radio stations across the country, meeting thousands of awesome people like James here, who was nice enough to share this with his radio station. We refinanced our house to get some money to do some improvements. We knew we had some equity in the house, especially with the market booming the way it was. And we were going to see what we had available, see if we had enough to do what we wanted to do with our home. We had heard an ad on the radio station. And, I mean, they were on top of everything. Communication was key with us. And and they stayed right there and made sure that everything we needed and any question we had got answered very promptly. I will absolutely recommend United States Mortgage. Over the last few years, most of our homes have boomed in value. If cashing some of that out would help you, whether for home updates or paying off credit card debt with much higher interest rates, we 
are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp, Melbourne, New York. And number 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage lender license 22672. Maybe you're an elder in a local congregation or a deacon wanting to serve your church more faithfully. Dr. Barry York on the Master of Theological Studies program at RPTS. The wonderful thing about the MTS degree is you can actually do it all online. So they can take the degree online and grow in that theological ability that will allow them to either teach or work more faithfully in their local congregation. Learn more about the MTS degree program and flexible online options at rpts.edu. When I was a little kid, which was in the 70s, early 80s, staying up late was the thing I longed to do. Yes. Every little kid wants that. It just symbolized like responsibility, freedom. You know what I mean? Like you could, you had a window into things that were hidden. Yeah. Grown up. You're a big kid. Yep. Mm. If you could stay up. Yeah. I mean, rarely were you able to stay up. When you were a little kid, like, you know, six, seven. Yeah. You're not staying up. You're not, you're going to bed. You're really not staying up. But if I was allowed to stay up, it was usually on a Friday night. Mm -hmm. And I would get to see Johnny Carson. (laughs) That's like the holy grail. I was like, I I mean, I watched Johnny Carson like. A, a microbiologist watches a, a, a like a, a disease developing in a petri dish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. every little moment, I and I just thought this was what entertainment was. Yep. This is what Hollywood was. This is, this what, is what adults do. Yes, they watch things like Joe Williams yep. oh, on the Tonight Show. I didn't know what sophistication was. Yes, but I could see exactly. It. I remember I was a kid. I was a little kid, and I was. Having my tonsils taken out, which required at the time a, an overnight stay in the hospital. Well, now it's like an hour and a half and yeah. you're out the door. And I remember being in my bed, staying up late in the hospital, watching Don Rickles on Johnny Carson. And I was laughing so hard, I heard the nurse run down the hall and shush me. Because you were laughing too hard? Yes. So how old could I have been? Nine, ten? Probably. Right? Something like that. And you were watching the rainbow-colored curtains. Of course. Which I thought was so extravagant. And <laughs> so how did Don Rickles, you know, work into Because he was an insult comic, and I was a kid. Anyway, on this date, mm-hmm. today in history, yes. the final episode of Johnny Carson's 30-year reign. 1992. Chew. Is when it ended 30 years. So, of course, what you would remember, John, what I remember, what what we remember about Johnny Carson is indicates what portion of his 30 year career we saw we were a a bit a part of. So the first night of Johnny Carson's show was October the 1st, 1962. Wow. Black and white and live from New York City, not Mm, from Hollywood, not from Burbank. Listen to the lineup if his if his guest that evening. Johnny Carson's first guests that night on October 1st, 1962, were um, Groucho Marx. Wow, really? Mel Brooks, <gasps> Tony Bennett, Rudy Valley, <gasps> and Joan Crawford. What? <laughs> I mean, 
just to have Groucho Marx. And Joan Crawford. Yeah. Mel Brooks. <gasps> Tony Bennett. Rudy Valley. I mean, how old was Rudy Valley in 1962? What a crazy lineup. Oh, my gosh. Now, the last show, I, own, the, I only... Two guests. Two guests. Bette Midler was one of them. Robin Williams. Okay. Can you imagine? Over 5,000 shows. 5,000 shows. It's incredible. I read something... Um, uh, Johnny Carson's first producer was only uh, his producer for a short while because uh, this producer, I forget the guy's name, but he said, you know, I was there, only there for like uh, five or six months. And then I was offered a boatload of money to produce a Jerry Lewis show. So he said it was hard for me to turn that boatload of money down. The show only lasted like 13 weeks. Oh, no. Years later, this producer, after Johnny Carson, you know, really became Johnny Carson, shows up at Johnny Carson's dressing room and wanted to just say hi. He said Johnny Carson was cold. Mm. He said Johnny Carson had a thing that if Johnny Carson felt like you had somehow were not were disloyal to him, he never forgave that disloyalty. That's a fragile ego, right? Yes, it is. Which isn't a surprise based no. on the kind of work he was in. Exactly. That's a fragile ego. But anybody who does 5,000 shows of anything, kudos to that guy. Oh, my gosh. What the heck? So I thought about Johnny Carson earlier in the show and those nights of Friday nights of me like curling up under a blanket and mm. watching it with, you know, maybe my dad was traveling and I could watch it with my mom. And I just felt like I had a window into, you know, all of the great sophisticates oh. of contemporary times. Okay, this is who I think of. I already mentioned Joe Williams. Yep. Okay, I think of Rip Taylor. <laughs> Rip Taylor. What? With his bag of confetti? Yes. Yes. With those crazy entrances? Yes. Right. Uh, Flip Wilson. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you already mentioned Don Rickles. Jimmy Stewart. Uh, see, I don't think of Jimmy Stewart oh, in there. Jimmy Stewart once told a story about his dog on Johnny Carson's show. that <laughs> They both got choked up oh, on really? live television. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, that's sweet. Ben Vereen. Ben Vereen? Ben Vereen was a regular guest was on really? there. Uh-huh. Pippin. Yeah. Uh, Joan Rivers. Oh, my gosh. Right? Well, Joan Rivers, now there's that coldness again, because Joan Rivers was a favored guest, uh, and then she was pegged for her, her own, own show. Her own show, and that was the end of that. Yep. That relationship was over. Same with David Letterman? Uh, no. I, no. I, Letterman and, and Carson loved each other. Okay. And now, there's that whole other you know story about Letterman and Leno, and why wasn't Letterman given the show whenever mm -hmm. Leno? Sure. Uh, yeah. That's something I believe that Johnny Carson regretted. And, of course, all of America did as well. David Brenner. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was, did, wasn't he something? Yeah. He was really, really funny. Yeah. Um, Charo. Charo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how did yeah. someone like that? What What was her gig? She was like a little what? Yeah. A little bombshell. Yeah, that's right? all that was her whole gig. What's a, what's her husband, Cougar? Uh Xavier. Yes. Uh-huh. Right. How about the And he uh, was like a hundred years older than he her? He was, yeah. I think Charles still alive. Is she? Okay. Uh -huh. How about the guy, uh the animal guy? I I have he's actually next on my list from really? the San Diego Zoo. Yeah, what was his name? Jack Jack. Yeah. He was blonde and mm. he didn't He was goofy he, and he, Everything, everything got away from him. Yeah. Every animal you know got away was, from him. Everything. It was, was really foil. funny. Yeah. Uh, Rich Little. Oh, my gosh. 
I haven't thought of Rich Little in a long, Rich long time. was a gigantic star. Mm-hmm. A gigantic star. Yep. Um, I remember Norm Macdonald being on there. Really? In, 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 at, like close to, the, close, close to the later times. And I remember Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, sure. Being Roseanne on there Barr. looking. Oh, my gosh. Looking Ellen. like. Really? Oh, Ellen got yeah, called over. Yeah, I guess that's over. right. That's right. She got right. called. And if you got called over. Oh, that was like. The... You know the story that. Um, is it Kevin Hart that tells it about when Joe Williams got called over for the first time? No. And he had, you know, he'd sung on the show sure. a cajillion times. And he finally got called over and it was so exciting. And then he got his foot caught in the mic cable and, and tripped. tripped. Mm. And then it was such a to do that by the time he got over to the chair. It was the segment was over. Right. Oh, poor <laughs> Not painful. That's yours. Oh, gosh. All right. Hey, well, uh, Johnny Carson, I mean, if you were fortunate to be alive and to take that all in, just one of a kind. Absolute one of a kind. Okay, we'll take a quick break, come back. We're talking some country music next. All right, stick around. See, you've uh, applied for our open position for account representative? Yeah, that's the one. Great. I see you went to UC Berkeley? It was really awesome. We had several sit-ins to protest oppressive capitalism. Oh, and uh, how about your skills for this position? Oh, yes. I know all about how to spot microaggressions and root out privilege. Uh, we don't really do that here. We do accounting and finance consulting. Do you have any safe spaces? Safe spaces? Yes, where people can go to get away from the colonialist mentality. As long as there's a diversity, equity, and inclusion policy, we'll be fine. (sighs) Life's too short to waste your time on bad hires. I'm Andrew Krapschatz, the CEO and founder of RedBalloon.Work. Every week, tens of thousands of reliable, career-minded job seekers visit RedBalloon.Work Without all that woke nonsense, post your open jobs at redballoon.work. And if you put in promo code SALEM, you'll receive 10% off your first month's job posting. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he's discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow and now has a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, coolest pillow you'll ever own. Hey, this is John Hall. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with promo code WORD. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to the buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. Guys, if you're frustrated with online dating, give Pittsburgh Singles a try. If you're between 38 and 43, single, Christian, educated, and family-oriented, Pittsburgh Singles has two particular VIP women you might want to meet. These beautiful, educated, local Christian women are looking for the same thing you are, the possibility of forever love with someone who shares their faith and values. Could that be you? Take three easy steps to find out with Pittsburgh's premier matchmaking service at pittsburgh-singles.com. Studies show decades of increased taxpayer spending per student has failed to improve educational performance. 
Can't we do better? Pittsburgh's Christian schools say we can. Right now, local Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Pittsburgh Urban Christian School in Wilkinsburg. If you're looking for a safe environment for kids to learn where character matters and academic excellence is served by highly qualified teachers, consider Christian education. Visit wordfm.com slash tuitions. Some red dust while you kick up the long way home. Share some bootleg with your best buds. Wear a bit of that bonfire smoke. If a back porch swang and twang and your words and said that book was a good book verse, I'd be doing alright. I know where I was going when I get to the other side. Cause back roads and cold beer on my down on That is Morgan Wallen. 36 cuts on his uh, album called One Thing at a Time. That's crazy. There are 36 cuts on that album. Uh, Here's the weird thing. Uh, It arrived uh, at the number one spot in early March when there was still snow on the ground, and it is still number one. Uh, Week after week, it has fended off competition from the likes of Ed Sheeran, uh, Metallica. Um, According to Billboard, Billboard, the last album to hold the number one spot for 11 weeks, which is where he is right now, 11 weeks in a row, was the Titanic soundtrack. Oh, my gosh. What year was that? 1998. But the last to spend its first 11 weeks at the top to open at number one and hold that 10 more times came in 1987 with Whitney Houston's uh, I Want to Dance with Somebody. Oh, really? Uh, if you go back even further, uh, Stevie Wonder, uh, way back in uh, 1984, I believe. I'm sorry, no. Uh, Songs in the Key of Life. Uh, oh, my gosh, really? Uh, 1980, uh, 1976. 76, yeah. So uh, I, don't, I have no connection at all. To Morgan Wallen. Me neither. Or country music. Oh, okay. I always kind of go, yeah, I want to, and then I but listen. But not that much. I don't. And I know it's gigantic. Yeah, it's Morgan just not Wall. it's not as gigantic here yeah. as it is in other parts of the country. Right. I the only connection I have with him is watching, you know, I always watch the Country Music Association Awards oh, or whatever. Really? Yeah, just cuz I like to the see CMA what Awards, yeah, I like yeah. to see what's going on yeah. and what and I've seen him in both of those. And of course, he made news when he was uh, too inebriated to have a, a show. to actually have a show and had to cancel. Well, it's kind of funny. Of 60,000 people or something, maybe um, 6 weeks ago? I don't know. I'd something see, like I, that. I, this album features a lot of songs, as you might imagine, about drinking and or sobriety. Mm. So uh, okay. he's using it as a therapy tool? tool. Okay. Yeah, therapy tool. Yeah. Okay. Morgan Whalen. Mm-hmm. Morgan Wallen, Wallen, I think is how you'd pronounce it. Uh, so country music to you, it doesn't. Nothing. Yeah. You didn't grow nothing. up with it. I just did not. I'm not a big lover of it either. Lex, how about you? Are you, are you a fan? I grew up with it, but it's not something I choose to listen to anymore. <laughs> Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, 
because of the way digital music works now, and because we have subscription services, you can check out yeah, right. so many things for cheap. I checked it out. That you could never have done 10 years ago. So maybe it's time to check out Morgan Wallen. I mean, that's a, that's a really amazing thing. So he that album has spent longer at number one than Taylor Swift's albums oh, yeah. have. I mean, right. that's just to think about that. It's really I'm surprised by that. I, it just goes to show you how gigantic country is in this country. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's a superstar. Okay, that's our show. Uh, we talked about a lot of different things. We sure have. Including country music and Donna Summer. That's we, right. Two musical things today. We talked about birds and their songs, mm-hmm. why it's good for our mental health. We Tim also Keller. talked about Tim Keller in New York, yep. remembering him. Uh, Esther. We talked about This Week in the Nation's Capital, mm-hmm. beginning of the show. Right, Greg Clugston. If you missed Greg any of this, find our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great night, Pittsburgh. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.